and welcome back to Fan Fatales, a member of the Real Fans Podcast Network. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby. And we know that this week is not the episode that we promised you guys at the end of last week. Um, we had a little bit of a scheduling snafu with the disorder guys. But yeah. do not worry. That episode will be coming out soon. Just not yet. <laughs> yes. So today, instead, we're going to be discussing the creation of the theme park renditions of Harry Potter's Wizarding World in Orlando, Hollywood, and the overseas park in Japan and Beijing. Yes. Sorry, overseas parks. There's multiple. Japan and Beijing are two very different places. Yeah. The Beijing (laughs) one was just open in, like, October 2021. Like, it's brand new. Brand new. new. The full park is brand new. Not even just Mm -hmm. the Harry Potter section. The whole thing. Yeah. So, so, do you want to start with uh, Universal Orlando? Yes. Um, so, we have a few different sections for this one. Um, rumors and the official announcement. In January of 2007, About.com reported a rumor from a highly credible source, quote-unquote, that the lost continent area within Universal's Islands of Adventure Park was to be rethemed to... Quote, the stories and characters of one of the most popular children's franchises. Um, other sources followed up in the next few days with unofficial confirmation that the new area would involve Harry Potter and was being developed under the name Project Strong Arm. In a reference to the KUKA robotic arm technology it would utilize. Nikki Finky, I'm going to guess. Nikki Fink. I don't know, but I like the idea that her name is Nikki Finky. (laughs) I do too. Reported her own confirmation of the Potter Park plans in April, followed shortly by a story in The Scotsman. Both reports were widely relayed by other media sources. On May 31st, 2007, Universal, in partnership with Warner Brothers, officially announced the 20-acre addition. Ooh, I said that real funky, but we're going to go with it. We're just going to keep going. Um, Officially announced the 20-acre addition recreating Hogwarts, the Forbidden Forest, and Hogsmeade. Jeez, my brain is real shut off today. Um, With a planned opening in 2009. So the phase one of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Universal was in the Islands of Adventure theme park. And to kind of preface this, Islands of Adventure is almost like a circle. Like Epcot? With all the different, yes, kind of like Epcot. So you enter and it's just like an, like an adventure bazaar thing and there's shops and like a few like restaurants. And then if you go to your right, it's Seuss Landing. Then the Lost Continent, which is like Greek mythology. Then Harry Potter, Jurassic Park, like a cartoon like Betty Boop and them and Popeye. And then Marvel Superhero Island. And then back to the bazaar. Mm-hmm. So, so like, they're going to have to like cut out a part of that circle. Yeah. It's like, mind. it's like if you just like randomly cut out like. What? Like, like the Morocco England. Pavilion? Yeah. yeah, like we're Morocco. I guess you could still get places in England because there's the weird entrance. Never mind. Well, off topic <laughs> a little bit. Totally off topic. Um, so construction of the Wizarding Road of Harry Potter began seven months after its official announcement in January of 2008. 
Um, by July, the Flying Unicorn and Enchanted Oak Taverns were closed. The Flying Unicorn then began an almost two-year refurbishment, which transformed it into the Flight of the Hippogriff. The Enchanted Oak Tavern was later demolished. Big sad. The Flight of the Hippogriff is the like kitty roller coaster, almost like the Goofy Barnstormer kind of type ride. It's in it's in uh, Universal here. Yeah, we have it here too. It's I think not it's kitty though. I think it's cute. I like it. I like it, but you know what I mean. It's not like it's, it's not, not like, like our dueling dragons that we're or Hagrids or Hagrids now. Yeah, no, not even close. Um, a bridge was built to connect the Lost Continent with Jurassic Park, allowing guests to avoid the construction zone that was to become the Wizarding World. And construction progressed with the Hogwarts Castle slowly taking shape. And they recently had to rebuild that bridge with the Jurassic Park roller coaster that they just built mm. because they had to shut down like a whole part of the jurassic park area so they Makes had to sense. rebuild that bridge again and it was the most annoying bridge because <laughs> <laughs> like there was a weird entrance to get to it it mm-hmm. wasn't like obvious okay that's fair okay then that's annoying thank you yeah no it's like it's like when they first introduced galaxy's edge in california er, in uh, disneyland and yeah. it was like right next to country bear jamboree and it's like what in the country bears makes you think star wars you know like yeah you had it was really hard Ours to find is, like, right next to star well it's technically next to muppets but i will say it's next to star wars so it like kind of makes sense yeah, ours are on opposite sides of the park. How did we end up on Disney, even though we're talking about Universal Studios? I don't understand. I think because our brain, we're, we're supposed to be talking about Disney, Disney right now. Yeah, I know. I think that's part of it. Also, I think we need more LaCroix. I'm drinking a Polar, technically. Those are bomb, too. But I think yeah. LaCroix should sponsor us. <laughs> I think this is like this is like see my fridge. Wait, can I take a picture of my fridge for next? Should we? Should we take a picture? Would would you guys like to see pictures of our Lacroix fridges? We have a fridge in my house dedicated to Lacroix. Well, so my mom's on a diet, so like (laughs) this is like the only like drink besides like water that she's drinking right now. And Lacroix has zero calories. Yeah, because they have zero calories. Zero sweeteners. Zero sodium. Costco packets. We do too. I have two of them. <laughs> okay, let's get back to the Wizarding World before we get totally off topic. Remember when we said this was only going to be an hour? <laughs> By September 2008, the Dueling Dragons entrance was moved to Jurassic Park to make room for construction of Hogsmeade. One month later, the old entrance was demolished. And then by September of 2009, the top shell of Hogwarts Castle was completed. On September 15th, an announcement was made detailing what was going to be included in the Wizarding World. Yes. And in early 2010, Universal increased its marketing of the area, which included newspaper advertisements, billboards, and television commercials. And they still have some of those billboards up. There's one of, like, fifth-year Harry with his wand, and it lights up. Oh, That's so, so cool. cool. Yeah. Um, the Dueling Dragons were closed for some maintenance before being transformed into the Dragon Challenge. Construction was completed by June 1st, 2010, when the area began soft openings. Yes, and the Dragon Challenge was based on the dragon part of the Triwizard Tournament. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so there was, like, the Hungarian Horntail and another one. And Puff the Magic Dragon and Figment... (laughs) 
going all sorts of squirreling today. It's super. It's because... What was the other one? It's Puff the Magic Dragon. Mushu, right? The Reluctant no. Dragon. Oh, the Reluctant Dragon. Mushu's mentioned in that scene. Yeah. Um. So, a soft opening weekend was held for the media and reserved guests, which include some of the Harry Potter actors, of course. And it started on May 28th of 2010. And then the park held two opening ceremonies that took place on June 16th and June 18th of 2010. June 18th! That's my birthday! Yeah! Wizarding World of Harry Potter's grand opening ceremony took place on June 16th with book series author J.K. Rowling and film series actors Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, Emma Watson, Michael Gambon, Robbie Coltrane, Tom Felton, Matthew Lewis, James and Oliver Phelps, and Bonnie Wright as well as Universal Orlando Resort officials and representatives from the media. The ceremony, which was produced by Universal Orlando Events Events Production in conjunction with the Thinkwell Group, concluded with a fireworks display and a performance by the Orlando Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by original series' composer John Williams. Um, and the Thinkwell Group is uh, an experienced design and production agency that specializes in creation and master planning of theme parks, destination resorts, and major branded intellectual property attractions. Fancy. Yeah. They're the most honored theme park design company. They were wow. named that in 2013. How do you get a title like that? That's what I want to know. <laughs> It was at the Theme Parks and Attractions Summit and Awards in Beijing. Weird. Okay. Oh, hey, it was founded the year we were born. <laughs> so 2001? Yeah. Oh, people are going to think we're babies. I swear we're not babies. I swear we're adults. <laughs> I'm 21. I'll be 21 in a month. On June 18th. Yep, on June 18th. And speaking of June 18th, on June 18th, the second ceremony took place, which officially opened the Wizarding World of Harry Potter to the public. NBC's Today Show and the Weather Channel broadcast segments flying from the park. Hold up. The Weather Channel? What? I made these notes, I think, like Friday, and I don't remember writing down the Weather Channel. Okay. The Weather Channel? Weird. Okay. <laughs> so now we're getting into the Universal Studios Florida section, which is the other theme park of the Universal Resort. Are they not so, the same? So no, it's kind of like how DCA and Disneyland are. No, no, no. Where I get that. Like, but like, aren't they like right next to each other? Yes, because it's like Disneyland and DCA. Okay. But there's like two separate entrances, and you have to have a park hopper to get over to the other. Yeah. Two. Okay. Okay. But why is it called Orlando in Florida? There. The... <laughs> because it's Universal Studios Hollywood, Universal Studios Japan, and Universal Studios Beijing. Okay. Are the other I'm lost ones around the world? I don't know so why you wouldn't one... call it like. I don't know. Something else. I don't know. Universal Studios, don't come at me. Universal Studios Florida is the lamer one of the two of them. I like islands better. She went there. (laughs) She went there, people. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Stir up some tea in the comments. Here we go. We're going to get floods in our DMs that are going to say, what do you mean? Because doesn't Andy work at Universal? 
Oh, I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me. I have no idea. We'll see. Um. So Universal Studios Florida is now our next phase of this Wizarding World expansion. And the opening of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter saw attendance at Islands of Adventure rise by as much as 36% in 2010. According to Jason Garcia of the Orlando Sentinel, this had resort executives pondering, quote, when to expand Wizarding World and how to keep business balance between Islands and Universal Studios Florida. In April of 2011, Brady McDonald for the Los Angeles Times mentioned that the rapid attendance growth led to speculation that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter would see a significant expansion, which would include Diagon Alley and a Gringotts-themed dark ride, possibly replacing the Lost Continent-themed area in Islands of Adventure. Which, honestly, that area can go. I know that there were talks about them making it, like, Roald Dahl, so like Matilda and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but deal broke, I guess, or stopped, or they just never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah, on December 6, 2011, Universal Parks and Resorts confirmed expansion plans, but did not reveal specific details. The announcement was just made four days after Universal revealed plans to permanently close the Jaws attraction. Following the Jaws attraction's closure the following month, the Los Angeles Times stated that the site of the former, former Jaws ride in Universal Studios Florida would be used for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter expansion, despite what previous speculation suggested. Yup, those were real words that I just said, I think. I think so. Um... These rides would be complemented by a replica of the Hogwarts Express to move guests between the two parks. That I have seen it's on my bucket list. It's cool. It, I love the Hogwarts Express so much. Um, like, there's, like, a little video, and you can see Fred and George, like, flying and promoting Wizards um, Weezes, whatever their shop is named. However, their Hermione voice, it's so obvious they didn't get Emma Watson back. I could do a better Emma Watson impression than the girl. It's like, Ron! That's like the Hermione voice on the It's like American. Yeah, it's like an American person trying to be Emma Watson. It's bad. Okay. I make fun of it every time I'm on it. Um, (laughs) Demolition of the Jaws ride and the Amity area began almost immediately after their closure. After the site was leveled, work began on land reclamation in the area's former lagoon, as well as construction of a series of buildings, including a large show building. Further details about the expansion of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter were announced on May 8th of 2013. Officials confirmed that the expansion would be set predominantly in the adjacent Universal Studios Florida theme park and would feature areas themed after Diagon Alley in London. The rumored Hogwarts Express connection between the two parks was also confirmed. Officials stated that this expansion should open in 2014. On January 23rd of 2014, an officials announced the name of the flagship roller coaster would be Harry Potter and the Escape from Gringotts. They also indicated that a two-park pass would be necessary to ride the Hogwarts Express, which was set to connect Universal Studios Florida with the existing Harry Potter area at Universal's Islands of Adventure. The official opening date of the 
Diagon Alley phase was announced at an exclusive and private press conference on June 17th of 2014 for July 8th of 2014. What's this with them doing like June 17th and June 18th? It's because June's the best month. Well, I'd get it if it was... Oh, wait, no, that's July is Harry's birthday. Mm-hmm. It's July 31st. I was like, what it's is because this June? It's because June is the best month, especially if you're a June Gemini. Hit me up if you're a June Gemini. I love me some June Geminis. We the best. I'm um, Pisces. There's very few of us because I'm the second day of Pisces. Yep. I'm, I'm a June Gemini. June Geminis are the best. May Geminis are just okay. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, May Geminis, too. But June's better. <laughs> okay. On June 18th of 2014, um, the Diagon Alley red carpet premiere took place with the Domhnall Gleeson. Oh, I had a problem saying this guy's name last time we talked about Harry Potter. Yes. You said it right this time. I know I did, but last time I messed it up and now He's I read it and I was like. Harry Potter guy. Yeah. Who is this? Ah, yes. Okay. Um, his father is Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah, yeah. I say this fact every time he's brought up on the show. Yep. <laughs> so, on June 18th, 2014, the Diagon Alley red carpet premiere took place with Domhnall Gleeson, Bonnie Wright, Ivana Lynch, Matthew Lewis, James and Oliver Phelps, Tom Felton, Robbie Coltrane, Warwick Davis, and Helena Bonham Carter attending. New photos of Diagon Alley were later released in the same night and the official opening date was announced publicly by Universal's by Universal Orlando's president, Bill Davis. Yes. And then King's Cross Station opened on July 1st of 2014, as well as the Hogwarts Express Hogsmeade Station at Islands of Adventure. Um, and soft openings of Diagon Alley began on July 3rd of 2014. And Diagon Alley was officially opened as of July 8th, 2014. And I'm going to look up when Hagrid's was, because that was not anywhere. Yeah, Hagrid's didn't open until way after. It opened. I know, because I went, like, the opening week of Hagrid's. Mm -hmm. Construction for Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. I forgot how long this name is of this ride. It's terrible. (laughs) That's why everyone calls it Hagrid's Ride, or Hagrid's Motorbike Adventure. That's what I called it in the this or that that we did not too yeah. long ago. Because this is just too long. Yes. It's like the Disney rides that have like the weird abbreviations. Yeah. Um, construction for Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure began early Ju- January 2018 after land clearing was completed on the site that Dragon Challenge o- occupied previously. According to Alan Gilmore, our director of the Potter films and the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, over a thousand trees were planted to create the woodland that would set the theme of the Forbidden Forest. The vertical spike began to rise in May 2018 and was completed a few weeks later. By August of 2018, the castle structure was being, oh gosh, was being built while portions of the track were covered in white plastic wrap. On a, in October of 2018, the structure for Hagrid's hut was being swiftly constructed and several trees were then planted in the surrounding area and later on, the track layout was completed. On December 17th of 2018, the first seven-car train, which was completely covered, was installed on the track in anticipation of the testing phase. On February 21st, 2019, so like one day after my birthday, 
Universal Orlando announced more details about the coaster, including the name Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, the ride vehicle design, and opening date for June 13th of 2019. It could have been the June 17th, 18th thing. Come on, Universal. June 13th is still pretty close. It's like the second weekend in June. True. Ride testing began shortly after on February 26th of 2019. The fluffy animatronic was completed early April of 2019. Around the same time, final touches were made to the ride. It was confirmed that over 20 13-inch Cornish pixies would be found throughout the experience. Then the unicorn animatronics were installed the following month. The attraction is one of the only coasters in the United States to feature a free fall vertical drop. The grand opening ceremony took place on June 11th of 2019 um, with actors, here we go again, Ivana Lynch, Warwick Davis, Tom Felton, Rupert Grint, and James and Oliver Phelps in attendance. Robbie Coltrane, who portrayed Rubius Hagrid, was unable to attend due to health reasons. However, he did record a video message for the occasion. After opening, the queue line stretched all the way to Port of Entry with a 10-hour wait time. So the Port of Entry is the bazaar that I was talking about earlier. Like the bazaar area. Um, When I went, the line started in Dr. Seuss land, and it was a four-hour line. Lord! Like, my now ex and I watched all of A Very Potter musical... In while line. waiting in this line. I wouldn't wait in that. It was the only thing we were going to do because we were both annual pass holders. Oh, okay. Makes sense. So. Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. I hate that I've had to say that name like five times now. <laughs> what? You hate that you've had to say the name Hagrid's Magical Creatures Magical Motorbike, Creatures, Motorbike, Adventure? Motorbike Adventure? Yes. No, wait. We got to say it at the same time. Ready? Ready? One, two, three. Hagrid's Hagrid, Magical, Magical Creature Motorbike, Motorbike Adventure. Adventure didn't have an express queue line when it first opened, but it had a single rider entrance. The single rider <laughs> queue line allowed guests to bypass the pre-show to access the station. Just a day after opening, Universal asked guests to reserve a ride time through the official smartphone app. Oh, wait. Oh, oh wait time. <laughs> Specifically for the virtual line queue was displayed at the Hogsmeade's um, entrance and the express entrance will be added to the ride in the near future due to the coronavirus pandemic and its spread to Florida. The single rider line was made unavailable upon the resort's reopening in June of 2020, but it was actually reopened recently in June 15th of 2021. Again with this June date. June is the best month. So especially like, in the vir- teens. Yeah. So their virtual thing that they're talking about is like what Disney did for Rise of the Resistance. For sure, for sure. Makes sense. No, it literally was because I remember like sitting in line like trying to get it like on mm-hmm. my phone. I've done that. We did that with, with my- web slingers. Let's see. My friend and I we went November of twenty twenty. Yeah, like November of 2020 and we were in line for men in black and it had like had the reopening um thing for the afternoon for the ride mm-hmm. and literally you see me like with my timer just and i mm-hmm. got it i got it for like six 
That was me trying to get web slingers when we went to Disneyland recently. Did you get it? Yeah, we got it. Okay. We were in like one of the second or third groups. Ours was like a 9 a.m. time and we got there at like 9.15 and they still let us in. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So now we've talked about Florida. Now we're going to talk about Hollywood. Now let's go all over to the West Coast now. Yeet. Come to my side. My side of the my side of the the states. You're yeah, three hours behind the Universal Studios Florida, and how many years behind of us getting the Wizarding World? Let's find out. Look. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. On December 1st of 2011, the Wall Street Journal reported a rumor from, quote, people familiar with the matter, unquote, that Universal Studios Hollywood was going to add its version of Islands of Adventures, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. They also detailed, the report also detailed that possibly uh, Universal Parks and Resorts would open additional Harry Potter themed areas at Universal Studios Singapore and Universal Studios Japan, as well as a location in Spain. This report was widely relayed by other media sources. On December 6, 2011, Universal Studios Hollywood announced the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Universal Park, Parks and Resorts executives Tom Williams and Ron Mayer were accompanied by Warner Brothers executives, the former governor of California, Jerry Brown, and, as well as James and Oliver Phelps, who played the Weasley twins in the films. They just keep showing up to these events they've been that's at why, every single one that's honestly why i think we would be able to get them on our podcast they seem so down to do anything well, they're podcasters now that's what i mean they'd totally be down yeah hey james and oliver phelps come on the show yeah hit us up we did this what last week we we did this a few times toby mcguire and sebastian stan and sebastian stan we said any of the spider-mans last week actually true but Toby was the reason we mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the announcement came with very few details of what would be built. However, it did confirm that the Gibson Amphitheater would be demolished and a recreation of Hogwarts and Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey would be constructed. The last show at the Gibson Amphitheater was held on September 6th of 2013 prior to its closure and subsequent demolition. On April 23rd, 2013, NBC Universal made the final step by receiving a unanimous vote in approval of the 25-year expansion by the County Board of Supervisors. This 1.6 billion with a B dollar expansion is expected to greatly boost tourism in the local entertainment industry. It will also create 30,000 jobs during the time of construction. On December 8th of 2015, it was announced that the park will open on April 7th of 2016. The announcement featured actress Ivana Lynch, who played Luna Lovegood in the Harry Potter films. However, the soft opening was on March 31st of 2016. That's my mom's birthday. Aww. March 31st. 2016 is also the year I went. So I went September 7th of 2014. Oh my gosh, baby face. I'm not going to say how old I am in this picture, but... We got we got uh, pictures of baby Gabby and baby Emma on the Instagram, if you want to go see them. Aww. There's me and my grandma. It's very cute. Well, because I think she had just read the series and she was visiting us from Texas. Very nice. So like, we'll take you over because it just opened. Very nice. So to close out, we're just going to briefly touch on 
the Universal Studios around the world. So in Japan and Beijing. Um, in yep. Japan, at Universal Studios Japan, uh, the theme park in Osaka, Japan, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter opened on July 15th of 2014, and it includes the Village of Hogsmeade, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride, the Flight of the Hippogriff roller coaster. Oh, that's it. Just those. Um, the two features in the Japanese park not found in Orlando or Hollywood are Hogwarts's Black Lake and Live Owls? <laughs> what? They also do the coolest thing. So during, um, during like Halloween Horror Nights here and over in Hollywood, they don't have Death Eaters, but the Japan one does. They have Death Eaters just roaming around Hogsmeade. Step your game like up, Fan Universal USA. I, I feel like uh, um, I feel like Fan Fatalis needs to do a Universal Studios Japan trip. Right off, yes. <laughs> Years from now, right off, yes. I like it. It's a tax write off. It's for our business. <laughs> and we'll talk about the live owls. I, I just want to learn more about these live owls. How do you keep it from, like, pecking people? <laughs> like, no. owls are predators. They're going to, like, how? That's what I want to know. How is this not a liability? It, I feel like they have, like, it's kind of like Animal Kingdom where they have, like, the birds and stuff, but they have, like, the trainers with them in costume. As, like, Hogwarts students. That would make sense. I still because, feel like it's a liability, though. Probably. Because, um, oh, I forget the name of the show, but we used to have, like, Festival of Flight or something of flight, and it, we had, like, animal trainers, and the birds would fly over the audience. I feel like a bird had to have, like, attacked an audience member at some point. Yeah. Plus, it happens in the in the um, animal actors show. Oh, yeah, we have one, too. Yeah. I just don't understand Okay. I don't either. I feel like so that's like Universal such a liability. Stu- yeah. So Universal Studios Beijing opened on September 20th of 2021 as part of the Universal Beijing Resort. And it features attractions that themed primarily toward universally o- universal-owned movies, TV shows, animation, and music. But they have licensed properties from other companies like Warner Brothers with Harry Potter. And their Harry Potter section of this park includes Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, Flight of the Hippogriff, Ollivander's Swan Shop, and the Nighttime Lights at Hogwarts Castle. It's like the like projection show that they have. I bet that's over so here. nice. Oh, it's so cool. I So they started doing the projection show, forget what holiday season, but it was like Christmas at Hogwarts, and they had like the Yule Ball scene and all that, and it was beautiful. But now they do one for, like, they do, like, a normal one, a Halloween one, and then Christmas. Got and it. the normal one has, like, a section for each one of the four houses, and Hufflepuff's is, like, a second long. Ravenclaw's is, like, five seconds long. Slytherin's is, like, 45 seconds long. And Gryffindor is, like, two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even exaggerating at this point for that, because it literally, like, just yellow badger run across the street thing and that's Hufflepuff I think it's I think it's most accurately said in a very Potter musical what the hell is a Hufflepuff that's how that's how I feel like 
That's how I feel like Warner Brothers treats Hufflepuff. They're all, what the hell is a Hufflepuff? Yeah. They're like, we don't know her. I I, I just got paid on Venmo. Nice. So, with that great news, speaking of news, we have some awesome fandom news this week. Do you want to kick it off? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Guardian of... Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind will be utilizing the virtual line queue like Rise of the Resistance originally did. An individual lightning lane when it first opens, there will be no standby line. Performances of storytelling at the Royal Theater will soon return to Fantasyland. These 20-minute shows reenact Beauty and the Beast and Tangled and will finally be coming back back as a soft opening after being paused due to COVID-19. Can we talk about how the Royal Theater in Fantasyland is perfect for us? Because it's either me or you. I know. It's perfect. Um, the only theater company, or the only theater center, rather, announced its 84th season, unveiling plans for seven theatrical productions that will serve as the tentpoles for an increasingly diverse slate of cultural offerings. Marsha Milgram Dodge's acclaimed Disney's Beauty and the Beast will return with most of its original cast, including Jade Jones as Belle and Evan Ruggiero as the Beast, to extend the run that was foreshortened by COVID. Six live on opening night, the first Broadway cast recording ever recorded live on opening night will be or was released on Friday, May 6th in streaming and digital formats, including Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon Music, and more. It's so good. It is. I love that we finally have like a real version of the Mega Six. Right? It's it's so good. Wendell Pierce will be bringing his 2019 Western performance as Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman to Broadway. Pierce will once again star opposite Sharon D. Clark and Andre DeShields will join the cast of, as Willie's deceased brother, Ben. Sirius XM Broadway host Seth Rudetsky has announced the first of the summer streaming concert series lineup. Lord, that is a mouthful to say. <laughs> Stars set for May and June include Judy Kuhn, Morgan James, Mandy Gonzalez, and Tony Yazbek. At each concert, Seth and one of his favorite Broadway stars will perform a concert filled with Broadway tunes, Seth's signature interviews, and song even song requests from viewers requested in real time. Which, that sounds so cool. I agree. Like, okay. Um, Academy Award winner and Tony Award nominee Ariana DeBose will be hosting the 75th annual Tony Awards from the legendary Radio City Music Hall in New York City on Sunday, June 12th of 2022 on CBS and streaming live and on demand on Paramount Plus, which like I'm so excited. Also, I definitely almost went to the 75th annual Hunger Games. (laughs) Nope. I'm pretty sure we said this one last week, but I'm gonna say it again just in case. I don't think we did. Maybe because I just like cut it out. Maybe I just remember reading it. Um, the Marvels has been delayed five months. The sequel to Captain Marvel, which will also feature Kamala Khan and Monica Rambeau, was previously scheduled to arrive on February 17th of 2023 and has now moved back to July 28th of 2023. I'm certain we read that last week, but it's okay. 
I double checked notes from if we did. I'm sorry. It's okay. The Muni announced that Robert Petkoff, Tanika Gibson, and Brandon Chu will star in the enchanting and romantic legend Runner and Lois Camelot, June 22nd through 28th. This triumphant story is directed by Matt Kunkel, choreographed by Beth Crandall, with music direction by Abdul Hamid Royal. Ant-Man and the Lost, Quantumania, wrapped filming at the end of last year, but it wasn't expected to hit theaters until July 28th of 2023. The release date has now been moved up to February 17th of 2023. Yes. A spinoff series centered around Amanda Waller is currently in the works for HBO Max with Viola Davis being eyed to return. Davis would be executive producer, uh, um, would executive produce the series alongside James Gunn. Exact plot details are mostly under wraps, but the show will build off of Amanda Waller's appearance at the end of Peacemaker. Joel Gray will receive the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Cheetah Rivera Awards. Yeah, which I didn't know that those existed, but I didn't they do. Either. Um, I know we announced this last week. It has been announced a young actor and actress, Aryan Simhadar, uh, and Leah Zava Jeffries will join the Percy Jackson cast as Percy's partners in crime, Grover Underwood and Annabeth Chase, which rounds out the main trio, and they have already, like, started training again. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just so happy. Emma's really excited, you guys. I am. Stellar, a full-service live stream partner for professional live entertainment organizers, and the Schubert organization announced a partnership to offer virtual theater content. I was so happy when I saw this. I am too, because Broadway Uh HD does not cut it. It's great. They have a lot of great stuff. Not enough. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Holliday will join the cast starring as Matron Mama, uh, Mama Morton of Chicago beginning on June 9th. <laughs> that was a gross face I just made. <laughs> the cast of North American premiere of Anne Juliet has been announced for its limited eight-week engagement from June 22nd to August 14th at the Princess of Wales Theater. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness marks the biggest opening weekend of director Sam Raimi's career, beating out Spider-Man 3. The opening weekend box office totaled to $187 million, and this number more than doubles the opening weekend of the original Doctor Strange released in 2017. I think the original one had like $80 million. I believe it. The first one is hard to follow. Yeah. The first one is hard for me. I agree. I I am seeing it tomorrow, and I'm just... She's excited, y'all. Yeah. Um, Ahsoka, an original series, started production on May 9th of 2022, which is today. Yeah, the day that we're recording this. It, oh, it's still the day we're recording this for me. It is. Usually it isn't, it but is. it is today. It is today. And then parking lot trams will... <laughs> finally returned to disney's animal kingdom on may 27th like they were brought back to all the other parks but then not to animal kingdom that's rude (laughs) they said no you gotta walk i'm not gonna talk about my animal kingdom thoughts today we're not gonna get there no because this is an episode about universal (laughs) yeah and i already did my universal hot take about which park is better 
<laughs> it was also the park I went to first was Islands. That's fair. So, take what I said earlier with a grain of salt. Yeah. Do not murder me. <laughs> or, you know, just don't murder people in general. True. So... We'll see you guys in the outro. This was a little bit of a chaotic episode. We had some weird energy today. Mostly from me. Mostly from both of us. It was it was from both of us. It was mutual. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Fanfitals. We are a proud part of the Real Fans Podcast Network. That's right. And if you want to check out more shows on the network, you can find them at rf4rm.com. Join us next week where we will be discussing our grand 50th episode and our one year of podcasting. Oh my god, we did it! Which is insanity because it feels like it's been a year, but also like 12 years. Yeah. I feel like we've been doing this forever, but somehow not enough time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, remember to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Please leave us a review or comment down below to tell us what you thought of the show. And remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FanFatalsPod for the latest updates and to possibly be featured in a future episode. Now, Emma, where can the people find you on social media? So my Instagram and TikTok are both at SnippyEmma, which is S-N-I-P-P-Y-E-M-M-A. What about you, Gab? I'm at Gabby Gent on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. That's G-A-B-Y-J-E-N-T. Our music is by our amazing friend, Maddie Macon. And our editing is by the wonderful Kara Lensmeyer. As always, thanks for tuning in. Bye! Bye. The views expressed in this episode do not reflect the brand and company they're about.